Hello and welcome to Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Morton studio. I'm Darren Hefty. And I'm Brian Hefty. Thanks for joining us. Today in the show, we're going to talk a little about soybean seed treatments, but we're happy to discuss anything going on on your farm or answer any of your questions. If you would like to give us a call, the number is 844-44-AG-PHD. That's 844-442-4743. You could also email us, radio at agphd.com. Or send us a note on X, Ag PhD Media, Darren Hefty, or Brian Hefty. All right, so here's my number one statement on soybean seed treatments. I want you to think about corn seed. Would you put corn in the ground without a seed treatment? I would certainly hope you wouldn't even dream about that. So why would you think it's a good idea to put nothing on your soybean seed? Now, when you look at trials and i believe me i've looked at them my whole life i've been an agronomist for almost 35 years now and been on the farm my whole life so i've looked at these trials for decades and here's what happens quite often is you'll see a zero and you go whoa it didn't pay i just wasted my money look there's nothing in agriculture that pays every single time even A lot of guys will say, well, the thing that always pays is nitrogen and corn. Oh, no, it does not. And I can show you all kinds of data where it doesn't. Every once in a while, your soil has enough nitrogen, creates enough nitrogen. Weird things happen. I'm simply trying to say here, nothing always pays. So here's how you make the odds better that it can pay. First of all, you don't just do a fungicide. You use three or four fungicides, you get an insecticide on there, you get inoculant on there, plus extender, and you get some other biologicals. So on our soybean seed, we'll have close to 40 things on that seed. And you might go, wow, how can you even get that much on? You can because a lot of these things are ridiculously low use right now. So it's great. So Commonly on our soybeans over the last five years, we've had four fungicides, one insecticide, inoculant plus extender, and then a whole bunch of biologicals, or as we call them, naturals. So here's the reason why we're doing that, because I don't know if next year will be a bad disease year, and I don't know which diseases will show up. So I got four fungicides there, all very inexpensive, but I got four fungicides to help me. You never know if bugs are going to show up. I've got an insecticide in there that's long-term systemic safety humans. Uh, it, it's inexpensive. So it's really good. And by the way, make sure that you're talking to your seed provider because in a lot of cases, if you treat the beans, you get free replants. If you treat the beans, you get free resprays. So there are other things that go along with that for your whatever it's going to be, $16 or something, which is roughly the value of one bushel of beans today. So in other words, you got to get one bushel out of it on average over the years. And we've had the same thing that others have had. Every once in a while, we get zero. But now that we're putting so many things on that seed, we have a lot better chance to hit. And so very commonly, we're seeing two, three, four bushel gains. Every once in a while, we hit the home run. Every once in a while, it's five bushels. Or we get a free respray. Or we get a free replant or something like that. So just things for you to consider. As we go through the show today, we'll be talking about all these different things that could be put on the soybean seed. But right now, let's get to the Ag PhD Mailbag. It's the mailbag! All right, Brian, are you ready with these 
soil samples? You had a note on there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I had a whole bunch of questions queued up yesterday, and then we were so busy talking about cation exchange capacity, which a lot of people say, well, that's pretty boring, and you're talking soils. Well, I think it's it's very interesting, and we want to make sure that we understand our soil so we can improve our soil. But anyway, yeah, let's talk right. about these soil tests from Brazil. All right, this comes from JP down in Brazil. He said, we're facing El Nino. Even with irrigation, we had some corn top leaf burn due to dry heat and drought. Finally rained, corn's looking better. We're addressing soil fertility, but low in phosphorus. We can triple crop in irrigated land, so that man, <laughs> it's crazy. doesn't sound like you get much of a breakdown there, JP, if you're triple cropping. I would love to be able to triple crop. That but sounds he said, super fun. Think of the demands of P and K exactly. out of that soil when you're triple cropping in a year. So this year, planning to grow rice and pinto beans after corn in the same area. So far, we put on 530 pounds per acre of 1152, 270 pounds per acre of 060. 270 pounds per acre of ammonium sulfate, 180 pounds per acre of urea, 1.7 tons of manure, 9 pounds per acre of manganese sulfate, 25 pounds per acre of boron. Now, here's the thing. When you listen to all the stuff he put on, if you're a, a farmer from, let's call it the Midwestern United States, where we farm, you go, whoa, I can get one crop per year, and wow, it sounds like they're putting on a lot of fertilizer. Again, I want to go back to you. You can get one crop a year. He gets three. So imagine you putting out enough fertilizer for three years. Uh, well, that's probably not going to cut it. Here's the other thing, Brian. It's a 9 to 12 CEC, so yes. it's not the heaviest ground. And we've both been to Brazil, and we've seen yep. the challenge down there. There's there's a lot of reduced tillage done just because the soil is kind of light. And, hey, you know what? Your soil has to be light when you're getting the amount of rainfall they normally okay, get. Okay, so ultimately, here, here was his question. He goes, what do you guys think I should spend more money on? First of all, soil pH, they did a salt pH. Now, salt pH is usually 0.6 less than water pH is generally what we figure, which means he's got a lot of pHs close to 6. That's one of the biggest problems in Brazil is very, very low pH. So that's pretty good, but I keep an eye on that. You might have to do a little more lime. His phosphorus readings are in Malik 1. If you have Malik 1 tests, you need to take those phosphorus levels times, let's call it 1.2 to 1.5 to get a Malik 3 level. It's still pretty low. His average here on Malik 1 was 46. If I take that times only 1.2, I'm at about, let's call it 60 pounds or 60 parts per million. That is simply not enough. Uh, you've got to have more out there, especially when we're talking about three crops. Now, the good news is, is with phosphorus, even with that lighter soil, it's not going to leach away, not when you have that little in the soil. So I'd be making sure I'm pushing that even more. That's probably number one. And then keep an eye on some of the micronutrients as well. We often talk about how we want zinc in a 10 to 1 ratio. So if you got phosphorus, let's say up to 80 parts per million, you probably want 8 parts per million or something like that on zinc. Thanks for the question. We really appreciate that, JP. Thanks for your support, too. Really appreciate that. Well, today we're talking soybean seed treatments. We're also taking your calls and questions at 844-44-AG-PHD. Take your tillage to the next level with the Insight Universal Tillage Tool from McFarland Ag. With more adjustability and flexibility, the Insight is the ultimate one-pass tillage tool. Visit McFarlandAg.com to find your closest dealer. From machine storage buildings and farm shops to dependable buildings to house your livestock, regardless of building size or use, Morton has a building for every budget. 
To learn how we can help you expand your farm operation, visit mortonbuildings.com. Because the challenges you face are getting bigger every year, BASF is committed to helping with more than boots on the ground. We're committed to boots in the mud, boots on the steps of your truck, your tractor, your combine, the linoleum tiles of your coffee shop, the concrete of your co-op, the gravel in your shed. So we can listen, learn firsthand, help right now to ensure success. BASF, helping you do the biggest job on earth. It's smart to make the right agronomic choices, and it's even smarter to get rewarded for them. With the Bayer Plus Rewards Program, you earn cash back on seed, herbicides, and other eligible products. And it keeps getting smarter, because now you can earn an additional 10% bonus when you send your redemption check to your retailer. To learn more, contact your retailer today. Protect your yields and get the most from your land with Bayer Plus Rewards. Visit MyBayerPlus.com and see program terms and conditions for full details. The hard-working, independent spirit of rural America can often be isolating. It's not often discussed, but mental health issues are real. Now's the time to lead by example, talk openly, and show that a strong mind is just as important as a strong body. FMC is proud to be working toward ending the misconceptions around mental health. Through awareness, guidance, and action, together we can uproot the stigma. Welcome back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio. Thanks for joining us today. We're talking about soybean seed treatments on our show, and we're taking your calls and questions too at 844-44-AG-PHD. Of course, you can always email us as well, radio at agphd.com if you're listening before the break. Just uh, we're looking at some soil tests from JP down in Brazil. And I, I think it's a couple things there. I think it's fun that the people in other countries are, are catching the show too, not just uh, here in North America. Uh, but uh, it's kind of fun for us as farmers to learn lessons from farmers in other places. So, for example, Brian and I mentioned had both been to Brazil. And at that time, um, Asian soybean rust was one of the big concerns that we had. And so the, so uh, when we were visiting farms and talking with agronomists and that kind of thing in Brazil, we were talking about Asian soybean rust. And there's one farm we visited, and they said, yeah, we've got this soybean rust thing figured out. And we're like, really? That's good because everybody's nervous about it. And they said, oh, yeah, you spray a fungicide every 21 days. And we said, well, how'd you figure that out? And they said, well, that's how fast. It was a really big farm. So that's how fast we can get everything sprayed. <laughs> so the fastest we can get back is 21 days. And we just thought we constantly needed fungicide out there to see if that would stop it. And, well, we figured out if we get, were out there every 21 days, it did. So, yeah, you just never know what you're going to learn by talking to farmers in different parts of the of the world. Uh, we're talking about soybean seed treatments today. And uh, Brian had just mentioned all the different things that we're putting on our soybean seed, lots of different things. And, and yeah, again, you just have to talk to a lot of different experts, uh, whether it be fungicides, insecticides, naturals, just all, all those different things. Uh, and then the other things that he didn't mention were all the other additives that go into that to, to help with flowability and to uh, help lock those treatments onto the seed, those kinds of things. So there's quite a few different things that go into having a successful soybean seed treatment. Again, our phone lines are open, 844-44-AG-PHD. Got Jim on with us now out in Ohio. Jim, how you doing? 
Good, as long as it's nice and sunny and warm. You bet. We'll take the sun. Hey. Yeah. I got a question. I've been using Valor XLT 5-ounce rate with a cord of a 2,4-D, and it pretty well keeps the field clean till spring. And then there's a crescent leaf ground seal shows up in the spring. Okay. So what can I do so it don't show up? <laughs> well, I like your thinking there that uh, the best way to control a weed is never to see that weed. We often talk about that with pigweed as well. If we can do something up front, and I really do like the fall treatment. You mentioned the kind of rates that a guy can use in the fall and the fact that you could spike in, uh, in this case, 240, is it? Enlist soybeans? Is that yep. part of the reason that you're using it? Yeah. Uh, and so for yep. I know for the guys, uh, as you come further west, there are quite a few guys using the Extend Flex beans, and they'll be putting dicamba in at, at pretty decent rates, too. And I, I like those tools for knocking out a lot of these winter annual weeds. That That's a great start. And the Valor XLT, uh, so you got more than just Valor in there. We were talking with the Valent folks about that a little bit too, because we've been using straight Valor for a number of years and we'll go with like four ounces of straight Valor, but they were talking about using fierce in that role as well, where you had a group 15 plus the Valor that offers some more rotational flexibility than, than a Valor XLT would do. Hey, um, so Jim, yeah, first of all, to finish up on Darren's point there in that Valor XLT, let me just ask you this one quick question on your farm. What's the highest soil pH you ever see? Oh, about six, eight. Okay, good. If you had anything over seven, we'd tell you absolutely don't use Valor XLT. It's got a ton of classic in there. Okay, so I, I now you said crescent leaf ground sill. Are you talking about crest leaf ground sill? Is that, did I, yeah, crest, I miss? Yes, crest, crest leaf. leaf yeah. Yes, okay, crest yes, leaf, yep. Yeah. Okay, so that is a winter annual. And my question is, how late are you spraying in the fall? When are you spraying in the fall? Well, just about right now. Okay. Like first so, of November. All right. Perfect. So are you seeing any of that weed out there? Is this why you're having a problem? Because you don't see it in the fall and then it just shows up yeah, in the spring? I, I don't, yeah. I don't see it in the fall and I run over all my corn stalks with vertical tillage disc. Okay. See if I couldn't knock anything out. But every, I've been doing this for four or five years, but every year that sucker shows up. Hmm. All right. Um, typically, fall applications are what we're going to recommend to people when they have uh, this crest leaf ground sill, and it usually works fine. So you can go to and look at almost any university's website. They'll probably tell you the same thing that we will. You just spray it in the fall, kill it down with like a 2,4-D or dicamba, and generally speaking, that's enough. So honestly, I, I don't know what to tell you to throw in there that is going to make sure that you don't have any in the spring. About the only other thing I would potentially think of is, well, two things. Either you spike in some more straight valor or you up your rate of 2,4-D. Personally, if it was me, I'd probably go with a higher rate of 2,4-D. Instead of a quart, I'd probably go quart and a half. But on the Valor, yep, but on the Valor XLT, you're going five ounces, which is a pretty good rate. You got lots of classic there, but you don't have like a, a ridiculous amount of the straight Valor portion. You could add another ounce of Valor in there if you wanted to, since it's a fall treatment. So that, though, that would be the only other thing I would suggest would be 
get some straight Valor, mix that in there, an extra ounce per acre, or throw in an extra half a quart of 2,4-D. Um, the good news, I guess, with the 2,4-D is it came way down in price this year. So I don't know if you've seen that yet, but uh, it's very exciting. Nope. If you like to spray 2,4-D, it's much, much cheaper than it was last year. Okay, would spraying maybe Banville help be better? The problem with Banville is I just worry that we may have a little bit of that linger into the spring. So I don't know exactly when you freeze up or exactly how early you you you, uh, you thaw out in the spring. For me right now, it will be too late to spray Banville. But let me ask you this. Are you going to plant enlist beans in the spring or extend beans? Uh, enlist. Okay. Yeah, and that's the problem. If it was extend beans, I'd feel a lot more comfortable. It's just, we're getting so late. I just don't want, and it shouldn't be a problem. But in farming, I feel like we already have enough risk out there. And I like to feel 100% confident rather than just 90% confident. So yeah, I, I hate, hate to have the neighbors <laughs> drive by and wonder what you did. Yeah, so <laughs> if it's me, I just up the rate of 2,4-D and call her good. And hope for the best. And I'm not going to promise you that's going to solve the problem. It probably will. But otherwise, you're unfortunately just kind of stuck with, hey, I got to spray it out in the spring. Other than that, the, the stalks, fields are clean. I just go out there and plant, except for yeah. them. Uh, yeah, they've yeah, been the migrating over up. here from Indiana. Yeah, Indiana. <laughs> sure, let's let's blame them. Indiana for for the problems yeah. in Ohio. That's That's probably common, huh? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, you guys are, yeah, okay, well, you guys well, are talking about hey, Brent, on soybeans. Yeah, well, hey, one other, one other thing <laughs> with this particular white mold is ooh, uh, yeah. Hey, let me let me say one more thing on the wheat yeah, too. Uh, it does like lower, wetter kind of ground. That's so true. this is one weed that really does pretty well when it's swampy. And I don't know what kind of conditions you've had. We've been awful dry the last few years, but that would be something, too, if maybe no, there's a drainage thing. And I've got tile every 50, 40 feet. Yeah, so, so you're yeah. good. Okay, so back to your white mold question. Heads up is the only seed treatment that there is. But um, every once in a while here on the show, we'll, we'll talk about white mold, and I'll literally give you a list of 10 to 12 things. We just did this probably a couple of weeks ago. There are a whole bunch of things that you got to consider. But I guess use heads up as a seed treatment. But the other thing that's probably big that you could decide on fairly soon is the variety you're going to plant or varieties, because there are definitely some that are more tolerant and definitely some that are more susceptible. So there's no uh, built-in resistance or anything like that, but just talk to your seed company and they should be able to tell you maybe the top two or three beans they have that at least are more tolerant. Also, if the beans are a little bit shorter, that's good. And in the real heavy areas of your fields, we were discussing this just on the show yesterday, in your heavier areas of the fields, you could certainly cut back that population too because those are usually the spots where you have white mold. On our farm, we go hit those spots. It's only like 10 or 20% of our acres, the kind of low, wet ground where we always seem to have white mold. We'll, we'll use cobra right before the soybeans flower, and then we'll spray fungicide after the beans flower. And so you do those things and maybe a little more, and that hopefully will help you. Hey, Jim, we got to run, but thanks a lot for calling in today, and uh, good luck to you on controlling that weed. Okay, thank you, then. You bet. Thanks. Bye. All right, stay tuned. We will talk soybean seed treatments right after this. Get more durability for less downtime with Soil Warrior Strip Tillage from Environmental Tillage Systems. Improve fertilizer efficiency and reduce passes and fuel usage. Now that's ROI. Learn more about ETS at SoilWarrior.com. 
Did you know 20% of stored corn is overventilated by three points of moisture? On 100,000 bushels, that's a whole semi-load. Stop this problem for as little as $2,100 per bin with the end zone for corn from Farm Shop MFG. Learn more at farmshopmfg.com. Good morning and hallelujah! Watch it. My spray and pray days are over! What's with Randy? Oh, he's just amped. Amped? Yeah, he ordered that new Battalion Amp herbicide from UPL. They're calling it the new gold standard. This is the greatest day in herbicidal history! So, how can I... Get amped? Just go to battalionamp.com. It's gonna be a good year! Always read and follow label directions. Did you know soybean diseases like white mold and sudden death syndrome can survive in your soil even after rotating crops? Prevention of these diseases is a constant battle and yield loss from an infection can be devastating. The right management plan makes all the difference. Keep your beans safe with Heads Up Seed Treatment. Heads Up guards your seed from both white mold and SDS. Stay protected and profitable by asking your seed dealer for Heads Up. Learn more at HeadsUpST.com. Win the war against weeds in your soybean fields with fierce herbicides from Valent USA. With three different formulations and multiple modes of action, you're sure to find the right fierce product to protect your operation from tough weeds like Palmer Amaranth and Waterhemp. Give your soybeans a strong, clean start with up to eight weeks of residual control with the powerful pre-emergence protection of fierce herbicide. Ask your local retailer or visit valent.com fierce to find the right fierce formulation for you. Always read and follow label instructions. Go long for season-long foliar disease protection that starts at plant. Only Zyway brand fungicides from FMC provide season-long foliar disease protection from the start. Active ingredient Flutriafol moves through your corn plants as they grow for inside-out protection from roots to tassel. Growers and retailers are sharing their Zyway brand fungicide success stories at zyway.ag.fmc.com. Always read and follow all label directions. Since when? Does every upgrade to your planter have to cost $1,000 a row? To me, good engineering means you create a simple tool that works in all conditions. I mean, not every attachment has to be complicated and have sensors all over it. With the 360 wave closing system, we took a simple approach. It's a blade that rolls moist soil over the seed, eliminating the seed slot. A simple mechanical solution that works. Better results, lower cost. 360 wave from 360 Yield Center. discussing soybean seed treatments on today's Ag PhD radio show. If you're getting done with your trial work, you're looking at, hey, here's some comparisons I made. Maybe soybean seed treatments stood out on your farm. This year on in our data, the fungicide insecticide package uh, wasn't the big difference maker. The big difference maker was the naturals we were putting in. A really nice gain on that in a stressful year this year, but who knows? Uh, we look back at data from 2018, 2019, years where we had lots of moisture. Boy, that fungicide package made a huge difference. So you never know what it's going to be. That's why we talk about having a diverse package on your soybean seed just to, to play the odds and have give yourself a lot more chances to win. Got our friend Kevin Matthews on right now, works with the Extreme Ag Group. Uh, here, Kevin's about to be a grandpa. I mean, he's got all these awesome things going on in his life. Kevin, how you doing? Uh, doing great, sir. How y'all? Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, congratulations, by the way. I heard, heard you had some really good news. 
Yes, sir. Yeah, we're we're very honored, and hopefully everybody be healthy and happy and safe. And uh, boy or girl, we'll be excited either way. Yeah, absolutely. Either way, they can drive a tractor just fine. You've proved that on your farm. So, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how about soybean seed treating, though? I mean, that's something that I, I know you've done a lot of work to try to to raise the best crops, and starts off with picking good seed and putting the right stuff on it. Yeah, that's exactly right, and. You know, you just spoke earlier about this year on your farm, you know, the the three mode actions, uh, dual mode actions, you didn't see a big return like you do in some other years. Sadly, the only way you're going to find out whether it's going to pay that year is after you harvest it. So, yes, yes. You know, it's kind of like a good insurance policy, and we're very aggressive on that. We, we treat all of our seed, fungicide, insecticide, and we also add some biologicals in there. Uh, it seems to be the paying the bills, and um, and we want to make sure we get some, you know, a good inoculant in there as well. Uh, regardless whether it had soybeans on it the previous year or past some years, at the yield levels we are, we just feel like we have just too many times proved that that small investment pays nice dividends. Hey, you know, that's a really good point because a lot of folks take inoculant for granted just because it's so cheap. Uh, but you see a lot of these... Uh, nitrogen products that the guys have been trying out on corn we've we've actually seen better gains in soybeans in a lot of cases just like we have with this inoculant now as you get to some higher yield levels that soybeans a big heavy uh, demand nitrogen crop at that point once you're getting 60 70 plus bushel yield oh goodness yes it's just a nitrogen hog and uh, and, it, and it makes it's a resilient crop it makes a tremendous amount for itself when you get to these higher yield levels that we're seeing, and um, you know, obviously USDA they they found a lot more beans today and corn, so we we got to feed that crop if we're going to keep growing these big yields. Yeah, no doubt about that. We're talking seed treatments here with Kevin Matthews. He works with the Extreme Ag Group and farms in North Carolina with his family, and uh, we're talking about soybean seed treatments. Man, you got some light sandy. Uh, I would call it pretty tough ground to farm. You got some unbelievably really good uh, river bottom ground and upland ground too. I mean, you got all different kinds of soils, Kevin. Do you vary the treatment up a bunch or is this why you're putting so many different things on your seed just so it can handle all those conditions? Yeah, that's a very good point, Darren. That's what we do. We we will vary very little. We pretty much uh, do a buffet approach type because we have all those it's not uncommon to have seven to ten soil types in one field and when you run into that you just it's just hard to you know pick and choose so we we treat them all pretty much the same we do typically run a lot higher rates uh, on certain products than is common or you know, sometimes you misread a label or something and you get to or make an error in calculation and get a little higher rate on there. But um, And you can mess up. We, we've had a lot of experiences doing that, putting too much or something. But uh, but absolutely, we just, we I don't want to say we do a blanket approach, but in some ways I guess you could say we do 
a blanket approach. Yeah, there is some variance, and you bring up a good point here. On, on many of these seed treatments, there's there's a rate range. Uh, like, for example, we see it on corn. You might run Poncho 1250, or you might run the 250 rate. And so some of these things, uh, I know we see it on Metal Axle and some of the other products, but those rates are so minute. And I agree with you. It's easy to mess them up if you're not careful when you're running all those decimals. But <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, it's it's fun. Well, Kevin, great talking to you. I can hear you're busy out in the field still. So thank you for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank you for all y'all do for agriculture. You bet. Uh, got Jesse Grote down with us right now with Syngenta. Okay, so Jesse, you heard Kevin talking about this a little bit that, uh, hey, you know what? Some Sometimes uh, products that got higher rates and multiple modes of action, uh, it's absolutely worth the money. What, uh, what what's your opinion as you look at all these different seed treatments, both in the pipeline and what's in the market today? Uh, how do you make those decisions on soybean seed treatments? Yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm still wrapping my mind around having seven soil types in one field. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, well, that's why not everybody farms in North Carolina, Jesse. Right, yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, when it comes to seed treatment, I mean, absolutely worth the investment in my opinion. I mean, if you think about that start of the growing season and assuming we've done everything right with our fertility, weed management, et cetera, that's when our yield potential is at its top. That's its maximum it can be when we're putting those seeds in the ground and anything we can do, especially investing in a, you know, a quality uh, seed treatment uh, like a Cruiser Max Apex and Saltro uh, to get that seed off to a good start and uh, protect against any stand loss is really imperative. Hey, you bring up a really good point. So you talk about a premium offer that you've got, the Cruiser Max Apex, and we can talk about that for a second too, but you said, and Saltro. I I talked to more guys this year that said, man, this sudden death, I wasn't really expecting it like that. And there was something that they could have done is adding the Saltro. But the question that I've gotten from guys is, why don't they just put it in the Cruiser Max Apex? Yeah, very good question, and I may not be the right person to answer that. <laughs> that that might be above your pay grade, huh, Jesse? Yeah, it's above mine too. I I don't know why. I do know this though; it gets to be kind of expensive, uh, and I don't know from right. the formulation yeah. guys. I've actually been in Syngenta's formulation lab down in North Carolina, where they're looking at putting all these things together. It's amazing how much work has to happen to get all these chemistries to to fit together in one product like that. It is absolutely amazing. Um, you know, they've got a really neat display there in North Carolina. Like you mentioned, they have all the little vials of the things that go into a product like an Acuron or Acuron GT. And they've also got a really similar setup to that up at our Seed Care Institute, which is in Stanton, Minnesota. And uh, when I first joined the company, that was one of the first places I went. And they started laying out all the little bottles and things that go into a, you know, a quality premix like Cruiser Max Apex. And I was just kind of like, whoa, holy cow, you don't really think about sometimes all the all the things that go into the formulation of a product like that. No, that's for sure. And and it makes a big difference because there we see a lot Absolutely. of different generic alternatives out there today too. There's there's clearly a difference and and there's a lot of patents on some of these formulations that Syngenta and other companies have got too and and there's a reason why they put a lot of work into that to to make those things work out. You know, I know just looking at pipeline too uh, you got a lot of stuff coming in the pipeline, and, and that's good because we've got diseases now that are becoming tolerant or even resistant to some of the old chemistries that we've been using. So good to hear you got some new stuff coming as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, there's a really exciting product coming down the pipeline in the seed treatment or seed care area here. Um, that I think it's really going to take that uh, 
you know, that SCN protection. You're talking about uh, things, um, you know, developing resistance. We know that, I don't know the number, it's almost every piece of soybean germplasm we've used for the last however many years has the PI88788 resistance to SCN in it. Um, and we're starting to see that break. Um, so getting some some extra protection on there with, uh, you know, the new product coming, but also with Saltro, the product that's available today um, is really going to help. And even if, you know, we've had uh, growers have success by switching to the uh, the Peking type resistance, but even with, uh, you know, that and we're having luck with that and there's probably there's not near as many varieties available with that. But I would still say that having a product like Saltro on there to really take that protection up to the next level would be very advisable. Yeah, I, I just think we really need to slow down. I know a lot of folks that get really fired up about picking their hybrid or their variety, picking a really good seed treatment and investing a few extra dollars and getting a good one makes such a difference. We're talking with Jesse Grote here from Syngenta. Jesse, thank you so much. Appreciate having you on. You're very welcome. Thank you, guys. We'll talk more about soybean seed treatments right after this. You can count on AgroLiquid for precision crop nutrition. When you don't get all your potash down in the fall, when weather or market prices change your management strategy, or when you want to balance your fertilizer program with micronutrients, AgroLiquid is ready with the products and application flexibility you want for in-season crop nutrition and the research-proven results you need. AgroLiquid. Apply less. Expect more. Find a retailer at agroliquid.com. Insects have reigned since the dawn of time. Adapted to their surroundings, experience the harshest climates and toughest challenges until now. With two modes of action, Ridgeback Insecticide delivers one devastating outcome for soybean aphids, extinction from your fields. They may have lived through it all, but they won't survive this. End soybean aphids reign at ridgeback.corteva.us. Get the most from every acre on your farm by attending Ag PhD's workshops and clinics this winter. I'm Darren Hefty. My brother Brian and I are hosting a bunch of free workshops throughout January and February, with each event focusing on different subjects that will all help you make more money. On January 16th, we start off with our soils clinic, dedicated to helping you better understand your ground and how to make the most out of your fertilizer investments. We follow that up on January 17th with our corn agronomy workshop, where we review our top tips for expanding profitability in your corn. Then on February 7th, we have our Naturals Workshop, which is devoted to one of the newest developments in increasing yields across the country, natural and biological products. Finally, on February 8th, we're holding our Soybean Agronomy Workshop to go over how to make the most of your soybean crop. As you can probably tell, we have a lot of great information on how to improve your farm, and we can't wait to share it all with you. Best of all, these events are free, so be sure to check them out. Learn more and register at agphd.com. It's smart to make the right agronomic choices, and it's even smarter to get rewarded for them. With the Bayer Plus Rewards Program, you earn cash back on seed, herbicides, and other eligible products. And it keeps getting smarter, because now you can earn an additional 10% bonus when you send your redemption check to your retailer. To learn more, contact your retailer today. Protect your yields and get the most from your land with Bayer Plus Rewards. Visit MyBayerPlus.com and see program terms and conditions for full details. Are you ready? We got the need! The need for seed treatment! Start your engines! Ready, set, Intego! Start your engines! 
start your season strong with Intego Sweet Soybeans, Intego Fungicide Soybeans, and Intego Sweet Cereals OF from Valent USA. Ask your Valent rep about seed treatment solutions or visit valent.com slash Intego. Always read and follow label instructions. Listening to Ag PhD Radio, we're talking soybean seed treatments on today's program and taking your calls and questions at 844-44-AG-PHD. Got Nick Tinsley with us right now with BASF. Thanks for joining us, Nick. Hey, happy to be here. Thanks for having me. When we look at seed treatments, there is a lot of difference out there, and there's also been a lot of adjusting here over the last few years, adding more modes of action, putting in some different modes of action, uh, and then tacking on additional treatments to the to the base package, putting things like Olivo on there to get some more help on nematodes and also sudden death syndrome. Yeah, this is a pretty exciting industry right now. You know, it really is. And I, I think as growers take soybean management pretty seriously now, uh, you know, in terms of using optimal planting rates and planting early to get that high yield potential, you know, it makes that early season protection all the more important. So, yeah, absolutely, I agree. All right. When when a grower is looking at, at these different things, I know they probably aren't doing a lot of side-by-sides on seed treatments on their farms. They're probably like, I'm just going to pick one and go for it. But you get to look at a lot of these side-by-sides, and it's it's a, a big part of what helps a company like BSF make decisions on, hey, how are we going to upgrade our package here? Uh, you've added more modes of action in there. What specific diseases are you going for and looking for a little more help or maybe a better choice for? Yeah, I think, you know, the first one that comes to mind is obviously soybean cyst nematode. I think it's it's incredibly underrated. Uh, we're talking 150 million bushels of yield loss, one and a half billion dollars soybean growers are given up. So, you know, focusing on the nematode activity of Olivo is really is really a good start. And uh, we see it perform pretty strongly this year, especially with a lot of areas that were having dry weather. You know, that drought really makes SCN damage worse. And we've seen some good performance out of Olivo for sure. Yeah, there are spots out there that hadn't shown up before. And I, I know I talk to growers every time we get conditions like this, they're like, man, what's going on in this spot? I've never seen anything there before. And sure enough, like you mentioned, drought just increases the impact that some of these problems have. And then you talk about uh, dealing with the nematode issue. Uh, sudden death syndrome kind of goes hand in hand. When the nematodes ramp up, a lot of times we see more disease problems like sudden death syndrome. Yeah, that's that's absolutely true. You know, nematodes are going to create those little feeding wounds when they enter the plant, and that's going to cause more entry for the pathogen that causes sudden death syndrome. And and we're excited, too, for this upcoming growing season. I think many growers have heard of Poncho Votivo in the past. It's been used on corn acres for a number of years now, providing strong insect as well as nematode protection. And we're very excited to launch that uh, into the soybean market in 2024. And so Growers, if they are serious about combating SCN as the number one or number one pest of soybean, can definitely do a kind of a two mode of action by pairing up Olivo with Pancho Votivo for size. Yeah, there there are more choices and things that you can add on, and I, I like that for for growers looking at the price up front. A lot of times I hear, "Oh man, that adds another." X amount of dollars to, to my seed, but it's your best time to get a lot of these protections out there. Otherwise, there isn't a lot that we can do 
post-emerge, I mean, you talk about just the nematode issue specifically. If you don't put it down on the seed, there really isn't any way to get anything down in the ground to, to take care of those problems. Yeah, yeah. And and you only get one start to the season, so you might as well make it a strong one. And and certainly there are insects that you can, you know, spray for in season, but that puts you at the mercy of being able to access the field and, and line up the sprayer and, and some things that operationally can make it a challenge. So seed treatments provide just an excellent uh, way that growers can kind of maximize their yield potential from the start. Absolutely. Yeah, the best potential we've got is the day we're putting that seed in the ground and then stuff's going to start catching us. Bugs, uh, diseases, uh, environmental pressures. It just, it never stops. Yeah. And and we know we could raise a couple hundred bushel soybeans because it's been done, uh, but we're, we're getting 50 or 60 or 70 and it's uh, the best we can do. But when you think about these seed treatments, they can provide a lot of protection even well into the season. Uh, Nick, thank you so much. We really appreciate having you on. Look forward to hearing about uh, about some more of those new products that are coming down the road here in the coming years. Hey, thanks for having me. You bet. Got Dare McDuffie with us right now who works with Valent. Dare, how you doing? Doing great. Good afternoon. You know, we're talking about the nematode issue here, and uh, I see other problems out there too, like a growing tolerance or even resistance to some of the common chemistries out there with pythium, with phytophthora. We see some of our uh, different resistant genes not working so well anymore in our beans. We're definitely looking for more help out of that seed treatment than we were even just a few years ago. Exactly. I mean, they're, they're getting more technologically advanced. We are putting more and more products together um, on top of that seed. Um, and, and I'm here at our, our data review here at Valent. So we've been looking at all the information that's coming in this year from, from all of our research. And it always, it, to me, it always strikes me just how important getting those, those fungicide combinations um, that, that you need uh, early in the season is it, just so vital to getting that early great start. Um, and, and it shows up almost every single year, whether, the, whether you have a drought, whether you have a great growing season. Those, those uh, fungicide combinations are so important. It's amazing. The first time we used ethoboxum as a seed treatment, uh, what a game changer that was. And now we see it literally on tens of millions of acres across the country. So it must be working for other people too. What have you learned about that oh, particular molecule? I mean, I've been working on it for my whole 15 years at Valent, and to see it on, I think, 80-plus um, percent of the corn acres is great, but it has such a great home in, in, in soybeans. It, it complements, um, whether you're using metalaxyl or methanoxyl, it complements it perfectly. It, it adds greater phytophthora protection. Um, it, it's been a joy to work with. And you bring up things like um, resistance, and um, within Pythium, you're, you're actually combating a bunch of different Pythium species, getting those multiple modes of action for uh, what can be uh, one of the most devastating. I mean, when it hits, it can hit hard. Getting those multiple modes of action ensures that, number one, it's going to work well, and it's going to work against whatever species or um, race that, that you are up against. You know, a lot of these diseases, we see very early infection. And, and I know a lot of the articles you read say, even within a few hours when that seed goes in the ground, you could be impacted by certain diseases. Having the best possible protect, protection just makes a lot of sense. I mean, Pythium is mobile. They're, they're called zoospores. They have tails. So as long as there is water for them to move around in, 
as soon as that water goes into the seed and the seed starts sending out those chemicals, it jumps into action. And, and that's why it's so great within Integro Sweet Soybeans. We have the ethoboxum. It, it lasts a little bit longer. We have metal axle that's right there at the start. So um, whether it's uh, across the time that, that you're worried about protecting it, whether it's across the species, you're, you're covered. You know, length of control is another question we get on seed treatments. It's great to say, yep, I'm going to protect that seed till it gets out of the ground. It's a whole other thing to say, well, we're probably going to provide a few weeks going into the season, too, until a grower has time to do some additional management practices. How, how far does that go into the season, and what are some of the factors that can impact that? You know, I, I think that the, the seed treatment's main goal is to get that plant large enough that it can start to shrug off some of those diseases that are attacking it. I always call it a race, and, and what we get with the seed treatment is we get a little bit of a boost at the beginning of that race, and, and we get that plant to a, a little bit larger level where, where these seedling pathogens just aren't able to take them out as easily as they are when, when, when they're so small. So, um I think that having a combination of two products like ethoboxum that, that's very, it's not that water soluble. So it kind of sticks around a little bit longer than some of the other fungicides. Or if you have something like metalaxyl or methanoxum that's um, very water soluble. So it moves really quick, gets into the plant, provides quick protection. When you combine two products that have those characteristics, you get fast action, you get a little bit longer protection. And, um, and, and that certainly helps with these seedling diseases to get your, um, Get, get your plants to the point where they can start shrugging off some of this stuff. Well, the first step to solving a problem is realizing you have a problem. And soybean farmers, we've got a problem. <laughs> we've got a lot of diseases. We've got a lot of bugs and nematodes out there that want to try and destroy our crop. Putting on a great seed treatment is a first step in protecting your plants. We're talking with Dare McDuffie here with Valent. But ethoboxum and, and different combinations and uh, phytophthora and pythium, man, there's a lot here, Dare. Thank you so much for sharing. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Talk a little more about soybean seed treatments and dive into the Ag PhD mailbag coming up next. It takes balance to be successful in farming because what you get out of it depends on what you put in. And Corteva AgriScience gets that. Introducing Nutricia and Nutrient Efficiency Optimizer, a biological product that naturally captures nitrogen from the air. It's a sustainable way to add balance to your traditional nitrogen methods and maximize your yield potential. Embrace a balanced approach to nitrogen management this season by visiting Corteva.us. It changes everything. So says Indiana corn grower Nathan Davis about innovative Zyway LFR fungicide from FMC. Zyway brand fungicides are the first and only at-plant corn fungicides to provide unprecedented, season-long, inside-out foliar disease protection. Discover more grower and retailer success stories at zyway.ag.fmc.com. Always read and follow all label directions. If you understood everything on a soil test and could make your own fertility plans, do you think you could cut your farm's fertility expenses, maybe even increase your yields? Hi, I'm Darren Hefty. We want to empower you to make your own fertility decisions. That's why we're holding our Ag PhD Soils Clinic on Tuesday, January 16th at the Morton Center near Baltic, South Dakota. This could be the single most important day you spend in your farming career, and it's free. So register now at agphd.com. 
effortlessly manage your farm fertility with Verify. Verify takes yield data directly from your combine and instantly generates variable rate fertility maps based on your nutritional goals. Whether it's building soil, balancing nutrition, or maintaining fertility. And with full integration with John Deere Operations Center, Verify can send recommendations directly to application equipment, no matter the color. Join Verify today at Verify.com and keep your farm moving. Morton Buildings has served the American farmer for more than 120 years. From manufacturing our own building components to constructing your building, Morton takes pride in being the industry leader in post-frame construction by providing a quality building and exceptional customer service. A Morton is built to last for generations. To get started on your next project, please visit mortonbuildings.com. My mom's got a new Case IH tractor and it can do it all. Bail hay all day. See in the dark with its powerful LED lights. Hook up all the implements. Shift like a race car? Steer with ease. And it can also cool my juice box. Yeah, her Case IH tractor can do everything she needs it to. Looking for a tractor that can do it all? Check out CaseIH.com. listening to Ag PhD Radio. Thanks for joining us today. have been talking about soybean seed treatments. Going to dive back in the Ag PhD mailbag. Brian, anything else on seed treatments you wanted to mention? Uh, just try some on your farm. Try some versus untreated. Do it for a few years. Like almost anything we talk about here on the show, that's how we end up with the recommendations we get because we do this not only ourselves but with lots of farmers that we work with and eventually we figure out, okay, what what works, what doesn't in your area and things like that. But again, my number one thing is just make sure that you've got a diverse seed treatment. It's not just a couple of fungicides and you call her good. Get a bunch of fungicides, insecticide, inoculant extender for the inoculant and then some other biologicals that's usually where you've got something that's going to be more consistent it's going to work in more years and typically you get a higher roi all right i had a question uh, that came in from vw uh guys what are your thoughts on using bacteria doesn't say how uh, but also using humic and fulvic to feed bacteria to break down residue uh, may also help nutrients be released in the soil. Well, humic and fulvic doesn't exactly break down residue, but I'd just say we Defeat, are... Using humic and fulvic to feed the bacteria yeah, that are going to break down the yeah. residue. Well, that's what they're... The residue is their food. Yeah. So they're right. they're looking forward to eating that. They, that's a high-carbon product. Yeah, residue. it's just they have to have so nitrogen have to have in nitrogen. the meantime. Yeah, so adding some nitrogen, I think, would be fine. That We were just talking about that, I think, yesterday on the show. Add some more nitrogen if you want faster residue breakdown. That's the first thing. I wouldn't worry about the humic and fulvic for that. But in terms of bacteria, yes, we have used some bacteria that really helps. I mean, you can see it right to the row. So... I'd say there are a lot of different products out there. I'd also tell you that keep in mind when you're spraying the bacteria out, you want to make sure you don't have chlorine in your water. Otherwise, you got to neutralize it. And you don't want super hard water or other things in there that could be a problem. So we're using a couple of water treatment products whenever we're spraying out 
beneficial microbes like that. So you want to make sure they are still alive when they get to the, the field and, and get into your crop or your residue, I should say. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm all for using bacteria. I'm not that big on the humic fulvic thing helping in that situation. Use some liquid 28% or something like that, some liquid nitrogen. That'll probably help you more than anything. All right, thanks for the question. Get this one in from CH. Uh, I'm an agronomist. I'm working with a, a farmer about managing nutrients on his farm, and I am encouraging him to develop a spreadsheet with his soils data and applied fertilizer and yield data. I was wondering if you could share me how you guys compile this information for your farm and how you track these things on a yearly basis. Wait, to track what exactly? Uh, soils data, applied fertilizer, yield data. So basically, I think what you're saying, CH, is yield to what nutrient levels are. And that's something we've been talking about here for a number of years, looking at our nutrient levels in our soil and what kind of yields we can achieve with those levels. Yeah, it's it's that's really challenging what you're asking right there. So we're working with a software program. It's called Verify, V-R-A-F-Y. I check that out. Um, we believe that may be the solution for what we're trying to do and what I think you're trying to do there. Otherwise, it gets it gets really complicated because here's the thing. If all we were talking about is on a field basis, well, that's pretty easy. You say, well, I applied this much on average in the field, and this was my average yield. And But in today's agriculture, that you know that doesn't cut it. We like one-acre grids, so we get to see that variance through the field. On a, on a complete side note, and I realize this is a little off topic here, but back in 2006, Darren and I were in Ukraine. I'm happy we aren't there today, and I feel for people today that are over there. But anyway, so it was 17 years ago, and Darren and I get off the plane, and literally I just told people when I got back, if somebody had knocked me out and I woke up in Ukraine, I would have looked around. If all I was looking at was out in the fields, which we spent most of our time in the fields, I would have seen similar trees, similar plants, similar soil, everything. I would have thought you'd drop me off in Fargo, North Dakota, and I'm not kidding. Uh, the difference is the soil, it, I mean, was fantastic. And I just told guys, well, I, I'm not saying Fargo doesn't have great soil. Fargo actually does probably have great soil, maybe even close to this. But we were talking three-foot black dirt. So, yeah, it probably was actually pretty similar to Fargo. It's just I told guys it's like Iowa soil with South Dakota rainfall. So they didn't get as much rain. But anyway, where I'm going with this whole thing and why this tied into this question, why this just made me think of that is – Darren and I were out in fields and guys were talking about how they were farming and literally they're farming like 10, 20,000 acres, all exactly the same. <laughs> I'm going, oh my goodness, it's no wonder we got some problems here. You can't farm 20,000 acres exactly the same with all the variability and everything that there is out there. I don't even like to farm 20 acres the same with all the variability there is in 20 acres. Think about that. That's 20 football fields. And I use this example all the time. Go to some small town football game on a Friday night in the fall, and in every football field you will see lots of variance from end to end. Just sitting there in the stands. Just imagine if you're trying to raise a crop on that, and that's what happens. we gotta, we got to get down to smaller spots rather than great big spots. So I, I totally get it where you're coming from, CH, that you, you want to try to figure more of these things out. That's exactly what we're doing on our farm. That's why you probably need some better software than just trying to do it yourself on a spreadsheet or anything else like we have tried and, and to some degree failed. 
All right, thanks for the question. Got this one from Tim down in northeast Missouri. He said, hey, guys, we've got a variety of fields that we farm from good bottomland to productive rolling hills to ground that's been pasture for 40-plus years until we just started farming it. Uh, we didn't have a yield monitor. We upgraded. We've got one, and oh, my goodness, uh, there's some variability out there. We've got some lodging issues in our best bottom ground with soybeans. Yep. And we always assumed that the beans grow, grew so tall that they fell over, and those should be our best yielding beans. But the yield monitor, of course, has shown us there's significant yield loss in those areas. Uh, so the areas where we're having these appear to be in the best soil, and the crops are always growing taller and look fantastic until late in the season when they fall over. Planting 15-inch rows with 155,000 population, uh, this fall, we're applying fertilizer a 0-60-90 rate with 10 pounds of sulfur. Just curious, any idea on the lodging yep. and just some overall uh, help with our soil test? Absolutely. The, the two fields that I circled on there, there's yeah, one sample it. per field, and the two samples that I circled are the ones with the worst lodging. Okay. So is there anything that really stands out in those two fields that I can see 75 parts per million of K in that second one? Well, different from anything else. Here's here's the thing. Any And especially when we were just, this is literally the last thing that I was just talking about, that if, if you're taking one sample per field, you're not going to pick up the variance. So my assumption is we got some more issues here. So let's, let's just talk about three quick tips. Number one, Anytime you're in areas that traditionally lodge or traditionally have white mold, those are the areas in soybeans, you cut back on the population. In corn, you up the population in those same areas. Number two, potassium. Your potassium is just way too low. And I realize some people are going to tell you, well, your potassium's in the, you know, it's 100 or 150. Yeah, that is, that's not going to cut it. And your, your 06090 thing, I mean, I'm fine with that. That's a good start, but that's not a build program at all. You got to get that potassium level up there. Your cation exchange capacity, by the way, we're talking medium textured soils. It's roughly 12 to 18 for anybody listening. So medium textured soil. We want that base saturation K at least four, if not five, and that's going to help reduce your lodging. Your stocks are going to be a lot thicker. And then point number three is please test micronutrients in the future. We got a zinc test here and your zinc is really, really low. So you need uh, I mean, if it's me, I'm broadcasting zinc sulfate and a whole slug of it to get those zinc levels up. Um, I, I mean, ideally, I'd, I'd like to see more of your phosphorus levels. Like the one good good field and good area you said, but you had some lodging problems, you had 47 P1 phosphorus. Great. If you can do that in every field, you're going to find more yield. And then you got to get your zinc in ratio, which means five parts per million. 50 parts per million on P1 means you got to get five parts per million on your zinc. Well, the problem was on the zinc in that same field, you're at 1.8. So you got to more than double that zinc. But test all the micronutrients because copper and manganese are two other real big things when it comes to lodging issues. And I don't have any readings here. I will just tell you on our farm, we have fertilized with both copper and manganese over the years to build the levels up. And now we have a lot better standability in everything. Hey, thanks for the question. And yeah, congratulations to you guys for, for the yield monitor, for managing things a little bit closer and in a different way. Hey, uh, and yeah, awesome. let me just say, I'm not trying to give you a hard time on anything. You're, you asked what, what could be done to help reduce this issue. And I'm also not saying, oh, you have to spend all this money year one, but make it a goal to get those levels up. You're going to see less lodging, more yield and more profit. Thanks for listening to our program today. Be sure to join us again each weekday for more Ag PhD Radio.